0: Hello and welcome to Some Canadian's Basketball Podcast. My name is Seth Nevsky and with me through the power of Zoom is my co-host Matthew Winnick. Matt, how's it going? It's going pretty well. It's been a pretty much
1: of a grind of an NBA season, especially with all these cancellations. It's kind of throwing everything off a little bit, but we're still getting through it and I think we're hopefully just getting out of the worst point.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Wizards, I think everyone on their team had COVID at some point. So some teams have been cursed with stuff like that. But yeah, it's still fun having basketball around. I got to say that for sure. I mean,
1: basketball is, you know, you think about the times when we didn't have it. And obviously, this offseason was short. But it's very clear that our nighttime, Mm -hmm. you know, events are more exciting, especially in COVID times with basketball on the television.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, do you want to get into kind of what we're doing for this podcast right now? Yeah, let's explain it. Okay, so basically, I took every team in the NBA, and I essentially used basketball reference to determine what their quote-unquote starting lineup would be if they only got to choose from players that debuted on their team. And I kind of came across that idea just with, you know, we hear this concentration on player movement now, so I wanted to see what if there was a very anti-player movement league, like more anti-player movement than when you're a kid and, you know, you're playing youth sports and they only allow a certain amount of quote unquote imports. Like what if you could only play for a team that you debuted on? And I did this with all 30 teams, as I said, and I bracketed them. Uh, teams are bracketed randomly, but it's a bracket uh, of 30, of course. And they're essentially Two buys, those are randomized as well, the Bucks and the Jazz in this case. And we're going to go through a half of this bracket for this podcast. And then the next time we pick this up, we'll go through the other half. And then I guess the finals as well. So Matthew, do you want to get into it?
1: Yeah, let's do it. So the very first matchup on the slate, the Miami Heat and the San Antonio Spurs. The Heat have a starting lineup of Josh Richardson, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Justice Winslow, and Bam Adebayo while the San Antonio Spurs have a lineup of DeJounte Murray, Calden Johnson, Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Anderson, and Jamichael Green. And I can say specifically, you know, for the Heat, that is a pretty accurate team into currently right now. I mean, three of their cornerstones
0: are on this roster. Yeah, I mean, you know, big difference. No Jimmy Butler, uh, even though he doesn't start a lot of the time. No Dragic, no, you know, Myers Leonard or Mo Harkless or whoever they throw in there in the front court as well, occasionally. But yeah, that's kind of how you'd expect the heat to look. Um, I guess we could start. I like how a lot of their playmaking comes from the front court. I think that because they have some shooters like Hero own Richard, uh, sorry, and Robinson and to a lesser extent, Richardson, uh, they, they kind of could use that playmaking out of guys like Winslow and Adebayo. Uh, essentially they're going to need Winslow to play point guard a lot of the time, but defend fours. Oh, and by the way, with the whole Winslow situation, it's how you looked the last time we saw you play. So Clay Thompson, assuming he's still great, even though there's a chance he won't be when we get to the Warriors. Uh, meanwhile, for the Spurs situation, they're a bit small up front with Michael Green as their five, but given the options, I felt like he was just the most stable. And he gave them a lot of shooting, which is obviously a good thing. Uh, and I think the big separator here is that one team has Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, Yeah, one team has
1: Kawhi Leonard. Bam Adebayo is not a slouch in his own right. Definitely Mm -hmm. a top 20 player in this league, whereas Kawhi, obviously in that top five range, and then you kind of go down the list, there's a lot of similarities in this team, right, in these two teams, where they aren't going to blow you away with superpower or a ton of playmaking either. It's really a lot of strong defenders, positional players, guys that can fill roles well. But I do think that DeJounte and Murray, who's been having a pretty solid this solid year this year, kind of puts the Spurs over the top in this instance.
0: Yeah, and they'd also probably defend in similar ways, given the personnel, like a lot of switching if you look at just who their centers are and out and green and you know, point guards, quote unquote, being Richardson and Murray, like that's a lot of size in the backcourt, not much in the front court. But yeah, I got the Spurs as well. Are we doing this like a a series, quote unquote? So a certain amount of games or no? I would just say, you know, if we're doing a bracket, it's a one-game bracket. Fair enough. So, I'm running it in here. Spurs. Uh, you can't see this copy, Matthew.
1: That's fine. I, I trust you giving the right teams the right victories. Uh, I'm not going to do that We' Moving on to face the Bi-Milwaukee Bucks, which we'll get to in a minute. Next up, the Brooklyn Nets and Detroit Pistons. The Brooklyn Nets are a team with uh, not too atrocious. many clear faces. Mm-hmm. Pardon?
0: They're atrocious.
1: Yeah, well, they're, I was not going to, you know, give my opinion yet, but they also have none of their players in the starting lineup still with the roster. They are started with Yogi Ferrell, Karis LeVert, Boyan Bogdanovic, not Bogdan, Boyan, Derek Favors, and Brooke Lopez. Meanwhile, the Detroit Pistons have Spencer Dinwiddie, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, Chris Middleton, Stanley Johnson, and Andre Drummond, and wow,
0: this is not very close. They're both very weirdly configured. Yeah. Uh, but one team has better players. For sure. And, you know, I would say that just given, you know, the offense that comes from the Pistons, I'd choose them. But you're at such a disadvantage, I feel, if you're a team that doesn't essentially acquire good rookie point guards. Like, there's another team in this draft that kind of suffers a similar fate here, but that will kind of plague your offense anyways. And obviously the Pistons a bit thin at power forward which is why I put Stanley Johnson there but still with the firepower and I guess in most contexts this wouldn't be firepower but in this matchup it is of Dinwiddie and Middleton I think that they're pretty benefit by that right and I think that Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis Laverta are pretty
1: even players but even if you want to go with the Laverta's a bit better the the whole Chris Middleton and Boyan Mogdanovich matchup is not extremely fair and I I just think that this, yeah, the whole Yogi Ferrell running your your team without much playmaking outside of him is certainly problematic. And and I don't think that this team, you know, I haven't really done in-depth looks on every single roster here, but this team might lose to
0: almost every other roster. There there are a few other bad ones, so I wouldn't quite go that far. But, yeah, they're they're not looking great. Not at all. So we're going to pencil in the
1: Detroit Pistons here. Mm -hmm. Moving on sorry do you have anything else you want to add
0: just if you look at uh the actual like basketball reference who debuted for them the nets aren't bad in the front court because they have guys like favors lopez and guys that didn't include like plumley and allen but yeah especially a point guard they are incredibly weak which is why i need to pencil in yogi farrell
1: yeah i wonder why that is like they haven't always had the greatest point guards like, who did they have
0: darren williams and then They've been okay. Like if you look at the point guards, you know, semi recently, it seems like for the most part outside of like like the quote unquote Isaiah Whitehead years, uh, they had good point guards. The issue is, you know, they were all signed or traded for. So Darren Williams, for example, and then D'Angelo Russell later on. And then, of course, Kyrie Irving. Absolutely. Anyways, moving forward, we got the Toronto Raptors
1: and New Orleans Pelicans. The Raptors have a pretty, you know, familiar lineup towards what they got right now. Fred Van Vliet, DeMar DeRozan, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and JV Jonas Valanciunas. Versus the New Orleans Pelicans, who have Chris Paul, Buddy Heald, Austin Rivers, Zion Williamson, and Anthony Davis. And I must say, this is also not very close. It might be the
0: tightest yet, in my opinion. But yeah, really? it's... I don't think it's very close. I think... I think in a lot of matchups, the Raptors would move on. I yeah, think that they're yeah. pretty solid. but This could easily yeah. be like a, a Final Four matchup, but there's just no way. you
1: I, I mean, this is my early um, you know, finals prediction. I don't know how you beat Chris Paul, Zion Williamson, and Anthony Davis with an elite three-point shooter on the side. And I wish we had a three-and-D wing that's not Austin Rivers. <laughs> but, you know, an elite shooter next to an elite playmaker and Zion Williamson and Anthony Davis is a pretty tough team to beat. For
0: sure, but I feel like you're going to eat your words about this being your finals prediction. Okay. Because uh, as of are, right now, I'm really liking this team. I mean, there's a bit of positional overlap with Davis and Williamson, but are you, sure you could there's also no, say – Are you sure there is no
1: other wing that can play defense that you couldn't have put – I am. In? Sadly, I <laughs> am. That's like, insane. who are you thinking? Kenrich Williams? Like, I mean, no one's popping into my mind, but there's just got to be a better defender at the wing position than Austin Rivers because then this team is perfect. And I know there's positional like similarities with Zion Williamson and Anthony Davis, but Davis at this point in his career has shown that he can step outside, and although Zion's not there yet, he can definitely make plays from mm-hmm. on the perimeter. So I think that that combo can work. You know, I'm not too worried about that. And then Chris Paul just makes everything flow well offensively. Yeah, we're not really talking about the Raptors, and they should be talked about. And like you said, they are a solid roster, but it it's just it. You know, it's. They're going up against a, a mammoth of a team.
0: Yeah, for sure. They kind of got screwed on the randomization there. But, yeah, if you want to go to the Sixers and uh, Suns matchup, now we can. Yeah, so we're going to pencil in the Pelicans moving forward. The Philadelphia 76ers have
1: Ben Simmons, Drew Holiday, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Grant, and Joel Embiid. Meanwhile, the Phoenix Suns have Goran Dragic, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, TJ Warren, and DeAndre Ayton. That's, mm-hmm. This is a pretty – I like this one a balanced uh balanced squad here
0: yeah I think kind of like the Pelicans Raptors matchup these are two very good teams the issue is one team is just in my opinion pretty like significantly better even though the team that they're beating isn't necessarily bad yeah and I put a name here on the side just because there were three instances that I could remember where I'm like oh we probably need to mention how this guy isn't in the starting lineup and talk about the fit issues, where it's like, yes, Nikola Vucevic is better than Justin Holliday. Yeah. And in that respect, he should be on this roster. But we just saw what the two-headed center monster lineup looks for the Sixers last year. So I was kind of worried that if you put Vuce out there, even though Holiday is less valuable just on his face in this team context, I think he makes a lot more sense. Yeah,
1: I really, I'm still kind of not ready to make a decision on this, on this matchup. I don't think there's a clear winner that I, I can sort of quantify. Like, on one hand, Drew, Drew Holiday is a horrible matchup for Devin Booker, because Drew Holiday will play some solid defense on him. And then Mikhail Bridges, who probably is the Suns' best perimeter defender, will get stuck on Ben Simmons. And then you got like a Justin Holiday-Goran Dragush matchup. And then it just depends kind of is TJ Warren double TJ Warren and how well can DeAndre Ayton hang with Joel Embiid? Because in reality, DeAndre Ayton is one of the few people that have the physical tools to match up with Joel Embiid, but also Embiid's been an absolute monster this season.
0: I really like the concept of the Sixers better. I mean, they could switch one through four here. I feel like the holidays plus Grant does enough shooting to kind of make up for Simmons at point and Embiid at center. And I, I think that they probably, like I said, have top five defense in this whole, you know, 30-team league that we made ourselves here. So you're team I, Sixers here? Uh, yeah, I think so. All right. Well,
1: considering I'm still pretty torn, I, I think I could lean Sixers. So I, I'll, I'll side to you on that. I, I do think that this is, if we were doing seven-game series, this is going to be one of the,
0: tight, the tightest one I've seen so far. Maybe, but also, I mean, Jeremy Grant averaging 25 on good efficiency. Like, if it's that Jeremy Grant, I think that that's pretty solid. Essentially, Tobias Harris plus defense. That's a good point. All right, so we're
1: penciling in the 76ers moving forward. The Timberwolves versus the Kings. The Sacramento Kings have De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Marvin Bagley, and Willie Colley-Stein versus Mm -hmm. the Minnesota Timberwolves who have Ricky Rubio, Zach Levine, Glenn Robinson, Kevin Love, and Carl Anthony Towns.
0: Now, should I put Wiggins in for Robinson or no? Because that was kind of... I mean, hey, if we're doing how Wrestling they're playing, with if, if if we are doing how they're playing right now,
1: it's got to be Andrew Wiggins because as much as he has been up and down in his career, he is having a good year in a different way than he has in the past. He deserves that spot. I'm willing
0: to make that sacrifice. So yes. you got your Wiggins, and uh, even so, still,
1: you know, besides Kevin Love, four of these five guys played together for a solid couple of years, and they
0: were bad. Yes. They were very bad, and that's kind of the issue. I feel like this offense – They've grown up. They've grown up. They have love for the worst, uh, even though, you know, he he wasn't in that foursome that played together. Uh, The Timberwolves offense, I think, kind of like their roster right now. It shouldn't be that bad. Like, you know, they have a lot, a lot of shooting. They got love and Towns in the front court. Uh, But the issue is they only have one good defender in Ricky Rubio from a position defensively that might not be all that important. And you know the Kings, less offensive talent, but uh, probably way stronger defense. And you know it's not even like they have a world-beating defense here, but just one that's that could be semi competent. Yeah, this is one of
1: those like one forty-one to one thirty-seven games. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then uh, so if you're if you're calling this a close game, which I'd say it is, the the thing is like, how many times are the Timberwolves blow close games? And, how many times have we seen someone like De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton, even though Tyrese Halliburton is a rookie, make a huge play down the stretch? Like those are two guys that I trust in crunch time way more than any of the Timberwolves guys, just given their history and the Kings history. If we do think this is a close talent matchup, if we're projecting this to be an actual game, I kind of go Kings.
0: I don't know. Cause I look at that front court for the Timberwolves and, it looks pretty devastating.
1: Like, yeah, it's true. But also, Willie Collier-Stein as a rim defender is pretty solid, and he can keep up in space with with Carl Anthony Towns. I, I I don't doubt that the Timberwolves are more talented. With Kevin Love's, you know, relatively questionable present-day outlook and the fact that you basically just swapped in Andrew Wiggins for Glenn Robinson. So should I, I put Robinson back? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying that you – I'm not saying that Robinson's better. I'm just saying that you clearly don't have much faith in Andrew Wiggins the Kings, like, look, they can score. I think they can score with the Timberwolves and actually defend a little bit. But I, I get it if you think that the talent discrepancy is just too large. I mean, you
0: gave me the Sixers, so I'll give you the Kings because I do think it's pretty close.
1: Okay, I, I just think that in a real game, the Timberwolves find a way to blow it because they always do. Mm-hmm. And no one should have faith in the Timberwolves as they are currently constructed or as they're constructed in this, in this exercise to actually ego to close game.
0: Mm-hmm. Next, Anyways, we have this... Yes. Oh,
1: sorry. It's all right. I, I felt like I was in that groove introducing them. But if you yeah, know, yeah sure. Ahead. Introduce
0: it. Hey, I didn't want to take you out of that
1: groove. I'm, yeah, I, I'm, liking, I'm liking this. I'll get my announcer voice on. And next, uh, Boston, no. um, the Boston Celtics. Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and J- Daniel Tice. Versus the Dallas Mavericks of Jalen Brunson, Luka Doncic, Dorian Finney-Smith, Jay Crowder, and Maxi Kleiva. And this is a pretty evident Celtics lean, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm?
0: Sorry? This is a pretty evident Celtics lean, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'd say so. And, you know, a lot of defenders here for Luka uh, between Smart, Brown, and Tatum. And then at the same time, the only difference from what we saw from the Celtics in the playoffs and what, you know, they've been playing a lot this year, you know, since he returned is uh, Rozier for... Walker which does make them worse but at the same time Rozier has been very very good this year and you know less on ball duty for him also means a lot more catch and shoot stuff which he's been great at so yeah I'd say strong Celtics lane and I think the issue with the Mavs right now is meanwhile sir while on the real team they have a good second option in KP they just didn't you know acquire one uh for that person to make his debut so I feel like yeah
1: Celtics. Yes. It's really daunting for everybody. If the Celtics had only one of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, I would consider the Mavericks, but considering they have both and they're just both complete superstars, it's going to be tough to bet against them here. Mm-hmm. Last matchup of our first half of the bracket, the Cleveland Cavaliers and Atlanta Hawks. The Cavaliers have, well, of course, Kyrie Irving, Colin Sexton, Joe Harris, LeBron James, and Jason Thompson while the Atlanta Hawks have Trey Young, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, and Al Horford, a.k.a. their entire starting lineup now, plus Al Horford, rather than Clint Capella, who is much better than Al Horford.
0: At the moment, yeah.
1: At this point in their careers. Not all time. This point of their careers. And Mm -hmm. you're going against Kyrie and LeBron. This is one of
0: those teams that, I mean, a lot of the teams, I feel, just don't make sense if you think about how they would fit in the actual NBA. But the Cavs are almost like a perfect team when you think about it, especially with Sexton playing the way he's played this year, where he can kind of be your third option. You got LeBron running the show, and in that case, Kyrie, Sexton, Harris, all great shooters. Thompson rolling to the rim. Yeah, offensively. Defensively, mm -hmm. they
1: don't have any perimeter to stoppers other than LeBron, but you don't really want at this point in his career LeBron playing lockdown defense for 40 minutes a game.
0: Yeah, I think that with Thompson, you know – in the middle there that should help them a bit but this is kind of like one of the best offenses i'd say at best league average defense but because it's lebron i still kind of give them the benefit of the doubt yeah
1: hey i think that they're going to be a tough out as well in this tournament and certainly beat the very young atlanta hawks who have been struggling as of late with this current core anyways and clint capella who's been their best player
0: Mm -hmm. now do you want to move on to the second round?
1: Yes, so the Milwaukee Bucks are facing the Spurs, right? Yes. So what he already introduced the Spurs, they got Murray, Keldon Johnson, Kawhi, Kyle Anderson, Jermichael Green. And for the first time, the Milwaukee Bucks have Malcolm Brogdon, Dante DiVincenzo, Sterling Brown, Tobias
0: Harris, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm kind of upset that Sterling Brown was the best guy I could get to fill that spot, but that's just how it worked out. He's not a horrible
1: position fit. I mean, you'd kind of want a better score, but I, I mean, I think they'll survive without him, especially against the Spurs team that barely, you know, got through the first round.
0: Mm-hmm. And the thing about the Spurs, you know, now playing the Bucks instead of the Heat is that meanwhile, in the first round when it was just, okay, this team has Kawhi, this team doesn't have Kawhi, you kind of fight fight that with Giannis. And, you know, the Bucks are another team that's kind of smaller in this tournament than they are in actuality, but you kind of need to fit Harris there at the four as well. So and I, I think that they'll five. definitely survive. Yeah. I think that they'll definitely survive. In and you that know what? Way.
1: Arguably this is probably a better lineup for Giannis's talent than like its actual team in a way, just because I really think that the Brock the Brogdon Giannis connection was really starting to, you know, pan out. And then Tobias Harris, I guess is chris middleton-esque with slightly less you know playmaking for his own shot but i mm-hmm. I, I mean and you're missing the drew holiday but I, I i like what malcolm brogdon brings to the roster
0: i'd say it's slightly worse just because i think yeah. with lopez they lose some defense but i think i changed my mind as i started speaking
1: but it is still pretty close and and considering the bucks are one of the best teams in the nba i, I think that kind of bodes well for them
0: yeah I, i'd move the bucks on as well
1: all right bucks are moving on What's the next matchup? This is the point where,
0: because you've written it down, you're going to have to be introducing these teams. Uh, it's Pistons, so Dinwiddie, KCP, Middleton, Johnson, and Drummond versus the Pelicans. So Chris Paul, Buddy Heald, Awesome Rivers, Zion Williamson, Anthony Davis, Pelicans. <laughs> yeah, we well, like I said, further, uh, right. I,
1: I've made my intentions of moving these Pelicans on pretty far into this tournament very clear, so I will be riding with the Pelicans, especially in a pretty easy, massive matchup here.
0: Yeah, maybe – this is kind of the point where, you know, if we were doing benches, Rivers would see a lot fewer minutes on a guy like Middleton versus who they face in the first round with what, who do they face in the, 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 the Raptors. So, eh, I mean, DeMar would still kind of give people problems there, but yeah, it's, um, I don't know. You just look at point guard Chris Paul in terms of actually running the show doesn't get much better than that, even though it never actually happened in real life because they never overlapped. Like, with Williamson or Davis being his role man, can't get much better. And then Heald can space the floor, and then Rivers is not is an okay shooter as well. It's a good team offensively and defensively because of Paul Davis, and to a way lesser extent, Rivers, even though he's still, in my opinion, a slightly above average defender. They should be okay on that end. Yeah, and this should not be a problem with the Pistons. Down the road, we'll see some issues, but not yet. Do you want to move on to the next matchup? Yeah, let's go. Bring it to me. Philadelphia 76ers versus Sacramento Kings. Sixers: Simmons, Holiday, Holiday, Grant, Embiid. Kings: Fox, Halliburton, Bogdanovich, and that's Bogdan, uh, Marvin Bagley, and Klay Stein. So the Sixers have got to advance here. I know I gave the Kings yes. the upset win because of you know
1: circumstances and situationals, but I think it's pretty clear that the Sixers are the better team
0: here. Yeah, in my opinion, Sixers are probably one of the four or five best teams in this quote-unquote tournament. And you'll see with the other half of the bracket, just a couple powerhouses that could match up later on. But, yeah, I'd say the Sixers win by a pretty clear margin.
1: Yeah, that that should be a pretty easy one. And then
0: the last uh, second-round matchup would be? This is a toughie, in my opinion, Celtics versus Cavs. So, Rozier, Smart, Brown, Tatum, and Tice versus – Kyrie, Sexton, Harris, LeBron, and Thompson. I think it's
1: worth throwing out everyone else and just saying, would you rather have Brown and Tatum or Kyrie and LeBron right
0: now? And I think I'd go Brown and Tatum. Ah, I don't know. LeBron is still LeBron. I I know LeBron is still LeBron, but I would say that Brown and Tatum are both better than Kyrie. Huh, I'm not sure if enough people listen to our podcast that this would be upsetting to them, but... Like I think you might
1: be he's right. A he's a very good scorer, but he's not an incredible, you know, playmaker for others, and he's not a, a good defender. Brown and Tatum are very solid all-around players. I think that Daniel Tyson, and Tristan Thompson match up, like, pretty okay and not a huge deal. Marcus Smart can definitely take away Colin Sexton. And then, you know, Terry Rozier and Joe Harris are both very good three-point shooters. Like, I really feel like the other three matchups are pretty – Pretty fine but also like I like Jalen Brown on Kyrie Irving if you're going to throw smart on Sexton or if you throw smart on Kyrie Irving I wouldn't do either Sexton. like defensively the Celtics have much more versatility the like who is going to guard the other one of Tatum and Brown that LeBron is not guarding in that lineup Oh, um, I mean I think you're right yeah like, that's 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 a tough matchup Brown and Tatum are just too big too strong and too skilled for just LeBron and then some smaller not great defender guards
0: I think defensively they match up a bit differently than what you mentioned I think smarter Brown would probably out LeBron just because Tatum's better off ball but yeah fair enough I I mean yeah the Celtics are just solid but you could also phrase it like this right like the the Cavs team pretty close to the team that made the finals a couple times and won once yeah and then the Celtics are just worst point guard version of essentially their current team.
1: Yeah, of course, but things have changed since this Kyrie Irving, LeBron James team existed. Like Kyrie Irving has not shown that he's the same player quite yet on a consistent basis, and LeBron James is three years older, and Tristan Thompson is three years older, and they don't have the positional versatility or necessarily, you know, defensive ability that they had with those teams where LeBron could pick and choose his guys around him.
0: I'll give you the Celtics, but I think I'd personally lean the Cavs here. Fair
1: enough. I, I feel like the Celtics just, you know, uh, this would be a great series to just show that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are just those dudes already. And and not that LeBron James is bad, but Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are,
0: are ridiculous. Do you want to move on to, I guess, the quarterfinals? Yeah, let's do the quarterfinals. Okay, so let's start Milwaukee Bucks. So Malcolm Brogdon, Dante Divincenzo, Sterling Brown, Tobias Harris, and Giannis Adedikunbo versus the Pelicans, who have Chris Paul, Buddy Healed, Austin Rivers, Zion Williamson, and Anthony Davis. Yeah, we're going with the Pelicans here, right? I know that the
1: that you know we've got Giannis on the Bucks, but I'm liking I, I'm liking Anthony Davis on him. That's a pretty tough matchup for Giannis. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is probably their second best player, in my opinion, and Chris mm-hmm. Paul is still Chris Paul. That's Already two bad matchups, and it's not like Sterling Brown is going to take advantage of Austin Rivers.
0: Yeah, that's that's for sure. I think that you know having Rivers as your three isn't really concerning the Pelicans in this matchup for sure. I'd say it's a bit tighter, but it still probably edge Pelicans just because. Yeah, I mean, I think that just the space around Giannis would be very very good in this series. But yeah, I think Pelicans in the end. I think that. You know, that plus the the second round matchup we had is Celtics and Cavs. I think that they both probably go six or seven.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I've made it clear I'm behind the Pelicans, but Giannis and, and Brogdon and Tobias Harris are going to get you some games. I just don't, you know, I, the the firepower of Chris Paul and Anthony Davis. And then having Zion Williamson as your third best player, you know, a guy that is mm-hmm. basically, you know, 18 and 12 or 20 and 10, or however you want to, you know, allot it out. As your third-best player, that's
0: a dangerous team. Yeah. Uh, now I guess we'll go to Sixers versus Celtics. So Simmons, Holiday, Holiday, Grant, Embiid versus uh, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, Brown, Tatum, Tice. I'd take the Sixers. I think Embiid versus Tice will be very, very tough for them. I think that if you want defenders for Brown and Tatum, you can't do much better than both the Holidays and Jeremy Grant plus Ben Simmons. And I think that the size up front will really bother the Celtics. Okay, I will, I
1: will just say this. With the 76ers, you're basically, and this is an upgrade, don't get me wrong, but you're, you're changing Jeremy Grant for Tobias Harris, and you're tra- changing Drew Holiday for, let's just say, Josh Richardson. Mm-hmm. Is that so much better than a team that lost 4-1 to one in a similar series at the Boston Celtics? Simmons didn't play a game. That's true. Simmons was out. That Okay, fine. Simmons was out in that series. I completely forgot about that. You know, I do think the Celtics are a more talented team. I do admit it. It's a bad matchup for them. You know, MB did give the Celtics absolute havoc in that series, despite the fact that they lost pretty badly. But they do get Simmons back. Drew Holiday is definitely an upgrade. Jeremy Grant is a good defender to have on Jason Tatum. And so I, I will say the Celtics are more talented, and i probably lean there, but it's, I, I definitely see the matchup
0: advantages for the 76ers, and I, I'm willing to go there. Okay, so we got the Sixers moving on. By the way, I think we've only recorded 30 minutes, so do you want to hit the other half of this yeah, bracket? Yeah, let's hit
1: the other half. Let's get, let's, right. let's get this finals out of the way. Let's get this Let's get this top-half finalist.
0: Okay, the, sure. So Pelicans versus Sixers. Pelicans, Paul Heald, Rivers, Williamson, Davis, Sixers, uh, Simmons, Holiday, Holiday, Grant, Embiid. I'm both Pelicans. I know I'm, it's a tough one, but the Anthony Davis, Joel
1: Embiid matchup, I still think Anthony Davis is better. Zion Williamson, look, Jeremy Grant's a great defender, but if there's one knock on him, he's still a little thin, and Zion Williamson can mm-hmm. definitely bully him down low. Once again, it's not like Austin Rivers is going to get destroyed by Justin Holiday. And although Drew Holiday is a better defender than Buddy Heald, Buddy Heald is a pretty elite shooter who can still shoot over the top of defenders. While Ben Simmons is much, much bigger than Chris Paul, I just don't see that being
0: so much of an advantage that it puts the Sixers over the top. Maybe I'm judging this because the first time I thought of it, I thought probably the Sixers. Maybe I'm going a bit much on like, you know, the fourth and fifth best player on the roster compared to the rest of the team because, you know, I think that Davis is clearly the best player in the series. But Yeah, but he's also matched
1: up, but he's also one of the best defenders in the NBA matched up against the other team's best player. That's also mm -hmm. something to keep in mind.
0: Yeah. I just like the configuration of the Sixers so much, just, you know, being able to switch one to four and having – a fair amount of shooting but i think fair that, enough but also right.
1: it's like it's easy to switch one through four but it's not as important to switch one through four when the other team's two best scorers are their four and five guys mm-hmm. yeah like when your two best scorers are your big guys it doesn't matter how great your perimeter versatility is if you're going
0: to get beat up down low by the two best players in the other team scoring wise mm. you can you kind of mentioned paul simmons as a matchup i think probably they would have done williamson simmons if, if, if they believe that go.
1: Williamson has the lateral quickness to do that,
0: then yeah. I think that they probably would have just given Simmons a runway into the paint, and then you know Zion's big body would be the only thing stopping him from it. I think that that's probably the way to defend Simmons yeah. in this matchup. I just think that
1: you know if this was a perimeter-oriented team, I get what you're saying with the positional versatility of Jeremy Grant, Drew Holiday, and Ben Simmons, and even Justin Holiday to an extent. Mm-hmm. But because we're talking about a team whose two best scorers are down low – Joel Embiid, not the greatest defender, and Jeremy Grant is still pretty thin. That, that is like just the way that the Pelicans would score is an advantage.
0: Now, I say I would say Sixers, but you let me kind of get the Sixers to squeak by a couple times. So you know what? I'll give you the Pelicans.
1: Awesome. Okay, so the Pelicans are our top bracket champion. They will be facing off against the best team in the lower bracket, which starts with the Charlotte Hornets and Golden State Warriors. The Charlotte Hornets, the Charlotte Hornets have Kemba Walker, LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, PJ Washington and Cody Zeller. And the Golden State Warriors have Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, Harrison Barnes, Draymond Green and James Wiseman. Okay, is there really any discussion that needs to be had here? No, I don't think anyone expected the Hornets to keep up with the Warriors. Doesn't matter who's on the roster. I will give the Hornets, they have picked some good playmakers over the course of their, their uh, draft ability. But considering they've never really been a great team, they don't have any superstars, which is kind of disappointing given the fact they've basically been picking in the lottery every year. Versus yeah. the Warriors, we all know they've drafted Curry and Thompson and Green. Harrison Barnes is definitely serviceable. And James Wiseman is just a rookie, but is still a pretty solid defender and decent scorer from day one it's going to be a Warriors victory.
0: I I would have to agree for certain. And I mean, like Kemba would be the third best player on the Warriors. This is essentially the 2015 champions. But, you know, even though Draymond's kind of taking a step back and Bogut and Wiseman are different players, and I think Bogut probably fits in more with, you know, these Warriors, quote unquote, or a prime Bogut for that matter. I think Wiseman's still good enough to, you know, breeze by these Hornets. And by the way, I'm not sure if you noticed this. But I chose LaMelo Ball. Uh, Meanwhile, Devontae Graham was still technically available, and he's the one who starts for the Hornets right now.
1: What I'll say is this. You know I'm not a big LaMelo Ball fan, but I'm also not a big Devontae Graham fan. I just think he made a bunch of shots one year, and he's overvalued, but that's just me.
0: For me, it's not as much he's overvalued as a – now we're going off on a a very specific tangent here, but – I think that because a lot of his value comes from how well he shoots the three, if he has a year where he's shooting 33%, like this year, he's just not going to be very useful. But if it's yep. 38 to 40%, he'll be very useful. All right. That was the Devontae
1: Graham portion of our podcast. Next up, the Chicago Bulls face off against the Washington Wizards. The Bulls have Kobe White, Denzel Valentine, Jimmy Butler, Laurie Markinen, and Wendell Carter Jr. Meanwhile, the Washington Wizards have John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, Rui Hachimura, and JaVale McGee. And right at the beginning of that Wizards thing there, I just had 2015. I'll just mm-hmm. going back to my head. Um, these are not great teams. Yeah. The fact that I heard – the fact that I said the name Denzel Valentine in this exercise mm-hmm. is kind of – ridiculous but i was struggling
0: a bit whether or not to play him or patrick williams i took valentine in the end because he's having a good shooting year which i think you know with carter and butler you probably want that a bit more than williams who can hit the three but not as well as valentine yeah but uh but yeah i think i'm going i'm going wizards here same here i don't think think, it's like an
1: an insane blowout i'm not enthused by either team but bradley beal is probably the best scorer of the bunch and Otto Porter mm-hmm. can at least hold down Jimmy Butler a smidge.
0: Yeah, I'd say that that's pretty fair. And I think Wall is what the uh, the third best player in the series probably. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I'd take the Wizards for sure. But I don't ex- expect this team to advance too, too far.
1: Moving on the Portland Trailblazers and Memphis Grizzlies. Portland's got Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Will Barton, Nicholas Batum, and LaMarcus Aldridge. Meanwhile, the Memphis Grizzlies have got John Morant, Kyle Lowry, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, and Jaron Jackson Jr., and notably Mike Conley on the bench because the Grizzlies know how to draft point guards.
0: Mm -hmm. So, you know, on the bench, he won't be playing, but I feel like I kind of needed to give him an honorable mention just because I'm sure Grizzlies fans on a personal level prefer a guy like Conley to Lowry, but I think Lowry makes more sense on this team uh, as a guy who can kind of play bigger than calmly, so I I mean I think the Blazers are, are looking pretty good I don't think the Grizzlies are a bad team but I think just you know with Lillard and McCollum they're a bit more competent and you know three four being Barton and Batum kind of similar to the Heat in that they could play you know with their small forward or power forward making more of the decisions or I guess you know just members of their front court but you know, you also obviously like Lillard and McCollum with the ball in their hands as well. So you have a lot of offensive versatility. Their defense would be a problem. I mean, you know, especially the Marcus this Aldridge, point,
1: John Jaron Jackson. Yeah, that is a bad at this matchup. point.
0: At this point, Batum might be the only not terrible defender out of the. Five. Maybe that's a bit unfair to Barton and Aldridge, yeah. but I don't think anyone's necessarily a plus defender. Meanwhile, the Grizzlies, you know, have a bit more defense, but I just. There's some familiarity with Lillard and McCollum, and I think that that team is probably a bit more savvy. Absolutely. I think that it's probably
1: the way to go there. I don't think it's like, once again, not a huge enthusiastic yes, but we will go with the Portland Trailblazers moving forward. The New York Knicks and the Orlando Magic. The Knicks have Langston Galloway, Tim Hardaway Jr., Kevin Knox, Danilo Gallinari, and KP, Chris Stapps, Porzingis. Meanwhile, the Orlando Magic have... Alfred Payton, Victor Oladipo, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and current day Dwight Howard. And this might be the worst matchup of the day.
0: Yeah, I mean, is it weird that I'm like, oh, it's definitely the Knicks who also have Langston Galloway at point guard. So.
1: Yeah, once again, Langston Galloway gets included in the uh, Denzel Valentine category of why are we saying their names? Yes. Also throw Yogi Ferrell. Into Yogi
0: Farrell's the captain of that team.
1: Yeah, but the the Yogi Ferrell, Denzel Valentine, Langston Galloway backcourt would...
0: Throw in Stanley Johnson as well in terms of guys who shouldn't be named.
1: Of course. um, Look, the Knicks do have the best player in this exercise. With that being said, there are very few players in the NBA that I'd rather guard Kristaps Porzingis than a healthy Jonathan Isaac.
0: Actually, yeah, I've I've changed my tune. I think you're right. Uh, I mean... The Magic will be a very good defensive team. Yeah. And, you know, there, we haven't said anything about coaches, but let's just say I think Clifford could get this team to work hard, and we're never going to mention coaches. So Clifford's not necessarily coaching the team. But, I mean, Peyton's the worst defensive player, but with his length, he should be pretty good on that end. And I think although the Knicks, you know, have a lot of offense in their front court with Gallinari and Porzingis, and they're probably two of the three best scorers among the two teams, Yeah, at the same time, I mean, I must have blanked and forgot that Oladipo has been, you know, a pretty decent replica of what he was a few years ago. So, I mean, that should help the Magic offensively and they should be able to semi-compete with the Knicks here. Yeah, I'm going Magic. I don't think it's Mm -hmm. like a huge blowout, but the
1: Jonathan Isaac being healthy thing would definitely help.
0: Yeah, so I'll move the Magic on as well, but they're going to lose too. Uh, one of the Thunder or the Nuggets. Even though one of these teams, I think, is way better than the other, I, they would both absolutely murder the Magic. Let's talk so, about it. Mm-hmm. The Oklahoma City Thunder have James Harden, Lou Dort,
1: Kevin Durant, Serge Ibaka, and Damanis Abonis. not Russell Westbrook. So we'll get to that in a minute. But I uh-huh. just want to point out that Yogi Farrell and Langston Galloway are point guards in this exercise, but not Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, yeah, ineligible. Okay, well we'll talk about that in a second. Next, um, the Denver Nuggets have Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Evan Fournier, Michael Porter, and Nikola Jokic. So why is Russell Westbrook ineligible?
0: I think if, you know, if we're making this a team, who do you want the ball in their hands? Who do you want to have the ball in their hands? Do you want it to be James Harden and Kevin Durant and to a lesser extent DeMontis Sabonis? Or do you want Westbrook taking a bunch of ill-advised shots and not playing defense? Because, That is current Westbrook. If it was even last year's Westbrook, I'd put him in, even though he's not my type of player. But you look at that guy versus Lou Dort, who this year is hitting over 40% from three and is one of the best defensive guards in the league. I think you kind of need to go Dort over Westbrook, as ridiculous as it may sound. And if I were to slide Westbrook in, it probably wouldn't even be for Dort. It would probably be for Ibaka and then just have Dort and Durant slide down positions.
1: I guess. I think that if an actual NBA coach for an actual NBA team made this lineup, it probably wouldn't be as smart as you were just there. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I think, I guess, you did create these lineups. You deserve the credit for it. You can keep it. Um, With that being said, this is a team that has James Harden and Kevin Durant. There is actually a team that has James Harden and Kevin Durant right now, believe it or not. But they do not have an interior presence like a Demonis Savonis or a Serge Ibaka And they do not have a perimeter defender like Lou Dort. If anything, the Nets would love this lineup.
0: Yeah, I think that it might even be an upgrade. I mean, Sabonis is enough of an approximation of what Kyrie can do. Plus, you know, Serge, decent defender, not as good as he used to be, but still above average in my opinion. And Lou Dort, hounding opponents on the wings and at point. So I think this is is definitely a a better lineup.
1: I think this is Mm -hmm. definitely a better lineup than the Nets' current iteration and. Lou Dort really plays the Andre Roberson role with better three-point shooting, which Mm -hmm. James Harden and Kevin Durant know well.
0: Yeah. So, I I think that that is very good. With that being said, the Nuggets aren't a bad team. I mean, offensively, they're terrific. Defensively, they're flawed with Harris being their only good defender. But Right. Well, you swap. This is is
1: basically what they currently have. You change Evan Fournier with Bill Barton, and that's a very good team.
0: mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I like the Nuggets team a lot, but the Thunder – I think, might be the champion.
1: Yeah, the, um, the Nuggets would have beaten most other teams in this bracket in the first round, but unfortunately, they got a bad matchup, unfortunately, to the randomness of this uh, exercise. Moving forward, the Houston Rockets take on the Los Angeles Lakers. Houston Rockets have Patrick Beverly, Garrett Temple, Robert Cummington, Marcus Morris, and Clint Capella. Meanwhile, the Los Angeles Lakers have D'Angelo Russell, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Larry Nance and Julius Randle and the Houston Rockets might be the worst offensive team in this entire exercise.
0: Yes, I would, I would have to agree with you here. Their best scorer, probably Marcus Morris of all people. I mean, defensively. Very exactly. Very solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, Beverly Covington and Capella, that's a good defense in itself and Temple and Morris aren't slouches at that position. They're just not as potent as the three previous I mentioned. And you look at the Lakers, and I think that the Lakers on offensive talent do win. But I think that because of the Rockets' defense, there's a case for the Rockets. It's funny, though. Didn't this lineup, like, legitimately happen
1: one year, and they were awful?
0: Yes. Yes. But they were also pups yes, they were to young. Now.
1: But it's funny to think that this lineup did actually happen, and they were just horrible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They'll, they'll still win, though, right? Like, the Lakers are much better than the Rockets.
0: Yeah, I'd say so, especially, you know, a guy like Hart has made some underrated improvements in his young NBA career, and Ingram is now a way better scorer than he was with the Lakers, and Russell's better as well. They're all a lot better than they were as members of the Lakers, and I think their defense won't be great, but Nansen Hart and Ingram, if he tries, should be enough. So yeah, I'd say the Lakers.
1: Julius Randle's getting Tom thibodeau he, He's basically a modern-day Carlos Boozer. He's uh, making it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, last watch. up in the first round, the Los Angeles Clippers and Indiana Pacers. And these are the last two teams we will intro- – oh, there's one more team. The Utah Jazz will introduce later. But the Los Angeles Clippers have Eric Bledsoe, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Eric, Eric Gordon, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan. The Pacers have – got to here? Aaron Holiday the third holiday, all holidays in the session. Aaron Holiday, Edmund Sumner, Paul George, Solomon Hill, and
0: Miles Turner. Pacers just don't have a lot to play with in terms of their roster, which is why they get yeah. Holiday Sumner, who I know that you're like the president of his fan club or whatever. I love Edmund Sumner. He's so he's just athletic. Yeah, he's just not an NBA starter, though. I mean, and, uh about to the Pacers? They started him a bunch of games this year. Yeah, I mean, out of necessity, because their team is always injured all the time. Sure. And then a washed-up Solomon Hill as well. So, I mean, doesn't sound defensively, like they they'd the be pacers. pretty good. Defensively, they'd be pretty good. But I kind of like what the Clippers have more offensively, and this certainly won't be a team that goes far. But Shea has been really good this year. Bledsoe's hit the three this year. Gordon's had a resurgent career or a resurgent year when he's been healthy, because he has missed time, but this is assuming health. Obviously, Blake isn't Blake, but, you know, I think that the Clippers are a bit more well-rounded. Obviously, the Pacers have the best player in the series and Paul yeah. George, even though the internet might disagree, but that's just because of their own weirdness that's happening there. Uh, but, but yeah, I think the, the Clippers are the more well-rounded team here. Here's the thing.
1: Paul George, a couple years ago, was a top-five player. In that, that one year, his last year with the Thunder, was a top-five player in the NBA. Last mm-hmm. year was last year. This year, he's been like a top-ten player in the NBA. Miles Turner is leading the league in blocks. He's been making threes the past couple of weeks after a very, very cold start to the season. And they don't have much else outside of them. Yeah. But it's not like Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan are going to give you a whole ton. They're basically shells on themselves. Eric Gordon has not been great the past couple of years. And yeah, Shea is really solid. Having another great year, I guess I'll go Clippers, but I really don't feel good about it.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd have to agree with that assessment. Uh, yeah, I think the Clippers edge out the Pacers here, but not by much. It's a close. And, if this would be a seven game series that you wouldn't really want to watch. Yeah, you you. This would be the NBA TV series, probably.
1: Yes, it would be the NBA TV series. The games would start at at one p.m. Eastern on a Thursday, and mm-hmm. uh, we'd get through them eventually. Anyways, mm-hmm. that brings us to the second round, where the Utah Jazz, the last team we we're introducing. Face the Golden State Warriors, the Utah Jazz, have Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingalls, Gordon Hayward, Royce O'Neal, and Rudy Gobert. And of course, the Warriors have Curry Thompson, Barnes Green, and
0: Wiseman. I really like the Jazz, but I can't yeah. pick them. Like, that's the issue here. And they would they're, they're a tough matchup. Before.
1: They are a tough matchup for the Warriors, but also the Warriors would take advantage of
0: Rudy Gobert and just make him play away from the rim constantly. Mm hmm. And But the thing, like, you think about the Jazz, Ingles, Hayward, that's more than enough passing to make up for Mitchell being a, a below-average passer if he's at the point. And, you know, Ingles, Hayward, and O'Neill, that's a good defensive threesome from two to four, and then Gobert in the middle. But, yeah, I just think the Warriors are the Warriors. And, you know, given that they have a lot of their 2015 championship parts here and that we're assuming that Clay, you know, is as good as – as he was the last time we saw him, which was, I guess, 2019. Uh, then, in the finals when he was pretty dominant, yeah. Yeah, then you need to give it to the Warriors, even though the Jazz look really good and would probably, you know, they're probably like a quarterfinal level team. Just, you know, they only play around because of the randomization of a bracket.
1: Well, it was nice knowing you, Jazz. You are out mm-hmm. in set. This is where you will take over announcing the teams.
0: Yep. Yeah. And we have the Wizards versus the Blazers, Wizards, John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, Rui Hachimura, and JaVale McGee. And then the Blazers, Lillard, McCollum, Barton, Batum, Aldridge. I'd so we say got the battle of the decade-long backcourts. I mean, yeah. It's these are teams that to a certain extent we're more familiar with than others. I'd say the Blazers I'd probably pick them. I think that they're better. Lillard and McCollum slight edge over Wall and Beal. Slight, um, yeah. I think Barton, Batum, Aldridge even though Batum and Aldridge are a bit washed, probably better than Porter, Hachimura and McGee. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'd say Blazers, but they're getting That's what does it Porter. for me. It's
1: like if Wall and Beal had and even Porter had some help in the front court, I get it. But even at Aldridge's current age and skill level is just you know, Rui, Hachimura, and Javiel McGee are not terrific, and so that, that gives me the Blazers in this advantage
0: here. Mm-hmm. Also, Aldridge will probably force McGee to be slightly pulled out from the paint, which should help open up driving lines as well. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say the Blazers win that one. Of course. let's move forward. Next, we have the Magic versus the Thunder. So, oh. I, I mean, Peyton, oh. Oladipo, Gordon, Isaac, and Howard versus Harden, Dort, Durant, Ibaka, Sabonis. That's a I sweep. mean, at
1: least you have Jonathan Isaac on Kevin Durant. That's mm-hmm. good. At least you have Lou Dort. No, Lou Dort is on okay. 17 James Harden. At least you have, I guess, Victor Oladipo on James Harden. Like, that's not horrible, but that's not good enough to win you a series against the Thunder.
0: Yeah, this is a sweep, like straight up. And I'm pretty sure their next series will be a sweep. Uh, if it's between the Lakers and the Clippers. So the Lakers, Russell, Hart, Ingram, Nance, Randall, Clippers, Bledsoe, SGA, Gordon, Griffin, Jordan. I'd say the Lakers. Yeah, the Lakers. Once again, it doesn't matter much considering Mm -hmm. what's going to happen next, but the Lakers are better. Yeah, I mean, if you want, we can make a case for the Clippers. I think that their defense is a lot better. Uh, I may have just changed my tune to myself right now. And maybe you can join me on this, but I mean Russell and Randall as a one and five are bad defensively. I, I prefer Bledsoe and whatever's left of DeAndre Jordan a lot more. Nothing. I think SGA and Gordon, you know, are that's a fair amount of defense. Uh, and obviously the Lakers' offense is better, but I don't think it's enough to make up for what the Clippers have on the defensive end. And they have, you know, they still have SGA, who's been a very good offensive player this year. Bledsoe and Gordon, not bad. So I said the Lakers originally. I think that there's a good case for the Clippers. And if you want to flip-flop, I will do so with you. I mean, I I just think that the the Lakers have the second, third, and fourth best players. I would put Shea at
1: number one. But Mm -hmm. D'Angelo Russell, Brendan Ingram, and Julius Randle, not in that order, but I'll follow. And it's not like uh, Josh Hart is a very effective role player who can blend in and play solid defense, shoot the three decently, and give some playmaking. And Larry Nance has had a solid season. Uh, I think that they just have enough firepower. Versus the Clippers that might have more positionality defensively. It's just not like you're getting a ton from Eric Gordon, Blake Griffin, and Janja Jordan at this point in their careers. So
0: I just think the Lakers have too much talent. All right, fair enough. So let's move on to the Warriors versus the Blazers. Now, being that the Warriors are better than the Jazz, and I think you'd agree with me here, that Jazz are probably better than the Blazers. Yep. Warriors move on.
1: Warriors move on. This it's, The inevitable is about to happen, but let's just keep on going.
0: Mm-hmm. Thunder versus Lakers, do we really need to talk about? It?
1: No, the Thunder, <laughs>
0: once again, dominate this matchup. Mm-hmm. And in this case, Thunder versus Warriors, whoosh, it's fun. I think if you look at names on a sheet, Thunder probably edge them out in that way. The threesome of Harden, Durant, and Sabonis versus, I guess, Steph, Thompson, and Draymond. Warriors have some familiarity, which I think should help. They might have the better defense as well because I'm thinking here like, you know, Wiseman versus Ibaka. If we're getting prime Ibaka, it's easily Ibaka, but we're not. We're getting modern day Ibaka, so semi fair. I think Draymond being such a force really helps their defense. Yeah. But at the same time, actually, they kind of luck out in that they could just put Dort on Harden and, uh, sorry, that makes no sense. Clay on Harden and uh, Curry on Dort. Yes. And then. Barnes isn't that bad on Durant, but I'd still go Thunder. What do you think? That's
1: the thing. is like, I do think that Thunder are more talented. The issue is the Thunder don't have two guys that can guard Curry and Thompson. Like, Mm -hmm. Dort can guard both of them, but not at the same time. Yeah. Whereas James Harden just is not quick enough to just keep with, or really wanting to keep with Curry or Thompson off of screens. And I just think – the one that Harden is guarding is just gonna continuously play off ball, make Harden work, and they can just swap back and forth. And that's gonna be a problem. Whereas the the like you said, the Warriors have Clay Thompson who can guard James Harden while Curry stays off and guards Luke Dort. The obviously the Durant Barnes matchup favors Kevin Durant, but Harrison Barnes is a good matchup for Kevin Durant and probably has a little bit of of vengeance towards Kevin Durant, who essentially stole his spot. Also, Draymond Green, you know, is someone who I think can at least bang with Damanis Sedonis while James Wiseman shows with Serge Ibaka. So matchup-wise, it favors
0: the Warriors. Talent-wise, it favors the Thunder. This kind of reminds me of um, 2016 in the conference finals. Obviously, very different team from the Thunder, but similar in that they would need to win their games with length which they have over the Warriors Mm -hmm. but yeah I think I think that this would be a pretty good series and the issue is I I feel like we're gonna get current Draymond who I mean he's still a good player but he's not nearly as good as he was in 2016. That's
1: a good point I I I think healthy Draymond I'm sorry prime Draymond Gives the Warriors an advantage, but at current Draymond, Curry, you know, Thompson, they are a little older. I'll go Thunder here,
0: but it was mm-hmm. the toughest decision I probably had to make in this tournament. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. So it's Thunder versus Pelicans, and I don't really think it's all that close, if we're being honest. Yeah, um, like just how the, the Pelicans were a pretty
1: tough matchup for the Sixers in that other half semifinal because the fact that the Pelicans were so dominant down low and so were the the Sixers on this, the issue here is the Thunder are so good on the perimeter and that's the Pelicans worst, you know, the work where they're worst on their, on their roster where you don't want, you know, uh, a James Harden, Lou Dort, Kevin Durant on one side versus Chris Paul, Buddy Heald and Austin Rivers on the other side. This is where the Pelicans affinity for having
0: elite low post scorers kind of doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's Davis is going to need to defend Durant or Sabonis, in which case the, you know, the other one would be defended by Zion or Austin Rivers. And that just doesn't look great for them. Maybe the strategy here for the Pelicans would be just to kind of let Rivers defend Durant, even though, you know, that's kind of screwing you in terms Mm -hmm. of length and they could probably just you know give Durant some high post touches on Rivers and let him go to work but yeah I just think the Thunder's size is too much yeah and it, at this point it's pretty clear that the finals probably should have been
1: without randomization Warriors Thunder mm-hmm. with that being said it wasn't and the Pelicans I still think are an elite team and I did say at the very beginning that I'd have them go to the finals and they did maybe because I I was kind of adamant about it but they still made it Mm -hmm. they would probably lose to this Thunder team who just shockingly did all of this without Russell Westbrook.
0: Yeah. And rightfully, in my opinion, if we're getting this current iteration of Russell Westbrook, that shoots 37% from the field, excuse me. But um, personally, like I think that there are probably a few teams better than the Pelicans on their bracket. I think, like I said, on a personal level, you know, obviously they made it here fair and square. I might have taken the Celtics Cavs and Sixers over them. I'm just wondering, like, if they did match up with the Celtics or Cavs, even though Davis would kind of be a problem for the Celtics, being that he'd be matched up with Daniel Tice, like, on talent. Yeah. Uh, do you think that they would have a better
1: chance? It's definitely possible that the Tatum-Brown matchup would be a lot harder for this Pelicans team. Like I said, them having been, them getting the Sixers where they got the Sixers was really helpful considering that those matchups, but... Yeah, the Pelicans kind of lucked their way matchup-wise into the finals, whereas the Thunder had the hardest semifinal matchup. There, this was a really fun exercise, though. There are a lot of good drafting teams and a lot of really bad drafting teams, and a lot of really not good players that got their names mentioned today. All right. Well, thank you very much for
0: listening to Some Canadians Basketball Podcast, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace out.